Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing. Hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Well, hey there. Thanks for joining us. You're tuned right into The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. They say, go with the flow. But what if the flow is constantly changing? How do you handle, more like accept, that the only constant in life is change? Well, that's the theme of today's episode, accepting all of the beautiful change that defines our lives. And our guest today knows that perfectly well, having spent more than 15 years building a successful career as an actress, appearing consistently on the big screen and small screen. Once the characters she was hired to play no longer resonated with her, she made the abrupt choice to leave the industry. She found her way traveling to Italy, where she was able to discover different parts of herself, and this journey has led her to exactly where she is today, a coach that will help you make the choices to do what you deeply want to do. Help me welcome, it's Stephanie Vendito. How's it going, Stephanie? Good, how are you? I'm very well. I want to start with something that you have on your website that I think really encompasses all of this. And you say, it's about meeting yourself exactly where you are, and that's the fastest way to get where you want to go. Now, all of us want to go somewhere. I think that that is, for me, it was a big block. I've heard all of my life, you have to know what you want. You have to know where you want to go in order to get them. In other words, you have to map out your goals and plan for them. So what does it mean? Meeting yourself exactly where you are is the fastest way to get where you want to go. Um, so it is about exploring your your current perspective and exploring exactly where you are so that um you are in resonation with that so it's not about or getting curious about let's just say um putting aside what i have to do or what i need to do which might suggest a bit of pressure um, but what resonates with me right now? What am I connecting to right now? And it may be different from what I connected to a year ago or five years ago or whatever worked, you know, previously may not work for me now. So that's 
the sense of meeting yourself exactly where you are now is the fastest way to get where you want to go, wherever that is. We talk about, and you mentioned the word acceptance, right? Have you found that just that acceptance is, is difficult sometimes, right? What does that mean to accept? And why do we, why are we, why is it so easy to resist it? And what do we have to do in order to be, okay, I'm going to accept? Um, well, first of all, I'm human, just like everyone else. So I'm a fellow journeyman in all of this. So I, I will say right up front that I have no idea how to dot, dot, dot for anyone else. That would be for um, your journey and everyone else's journey and whatever resonates with them. I do have the pleasure and absolutely love holding space with people and getting curious with them about what that looks like. So in, in, in the acceptance is, um, you know, we do it the best we know how to do in that moment. And because we're human, we get pulled by um, conditioning and hardwiring and what's familiar to us and um, what we've learned. And it's this, the sense of just getting curious about um, another, another perspective of ourselves. So um, maybe there's a bit of these um, belief systems that we've been operating on or functioning on or surviving on. Um, but what if I kind of turned the view and looked at myself this way? I start to see different things. I start to feel a different impact. And I even see different choices come up. Huh. <laughs> now where? You know, so it's always kind of in that now step by step. And it's like, a, it's like mining. You're just kind of exploring what else is there. You know, there's a larger piece of real estate that we belong to rather than, you know, perhaps the same route we've been taking. Do you find that the word fear comes up in this resistance if we, if we refuse or don't want to or claim we can't accept what's happening? Uh, obviously, we know that that's just going to that's just going to disallow so much of really what you want. So that's a first step of awareness you might want to look into. Why the resistance of not just accepting responsibility or the current yeah. or the present idea of things? Do you think that fear of something plays a part when we just resist all that acceptance of Com completely? Who we are? Yeah. Yeah, completely. Fear is our greatest collaborator. It's our greatest, um, you know, enemy as well. But uh, collaborator, very you know, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's sort of like you know, and and just again in that kind of exploration, as opposed to why am I fearful? Um, maybe we can say, what do my fears look like, or what are my fears telling me, or what does my fear want to say? It needs to be heard. Okay. You know, um, it's not going to go away. So if we press the mute button, it's only going to wait around and get stronger and stronger, right? So it's the sense of like starting to dialogue um, in a way of saying with our own fears and, and what comes up with that. And um, then once we kind of get more acquainted with it, um, you start to kind of, you start this kind of collaboration with it. 
and and then you know you kind of go with the flow and and see where it takes you i i'm intrigued by the word collaboration in this sense for the record i've said it many times i love collaboration i love creating um certainly solo but then in tandem with the yeah. other players that are required for a cooperative effort dissect that sentence uh and <laughs> but but that's what makes art right and really art is every single thing we're doing in life nothing can really succeed isolated in a bubble very very few examples of someone just achieving something uh, personally or professionally without the cooperation of at least one other person in some regard. So I love the word yes. collaboration. Um, and we'll get into how, um, how our backgrounds of uh, the performing arts uh, are, are very similar. Yeah, but, but to that, I, you know, just to kind of add to that, um, Josh, is, you know, sustainability doesn't exist without collaboration. Tell me. And in order to sustain... Um, it, it requires the collaboration of, you know, we, it's true. If it is just my, me, myself, and I getting there, then I have very limited um, resources. But if I am in collaboration with that which is around me and is um, um, willing to support me and is... Um, um, just innately, you know, uh, a, a part of my journey, then, then I'm that much richer and I have that much um, more resources to draw from. And yeah. so, you know, we're not alone in this world. <laughs> and you need, in order to get the collaboration, you need the buy-in and, like I said, the cooperation of the people around you. And you can only get that when you yourself are, are open and to bring it full circle, accepting of the now, the is, the where you are, the what's happening around you. Yeah, yeah. Have yeah. you found that your journey as a professional actor has really given you the strength and the tools and the position to be where you are today? Everything has, right? Because it's part of our DNA now. It's part of the journey. Um, so yes, it has given me strength, it has given me insights, curiosity, it's given me my fears, it's given me my paranoia, it's given me my um, self-worth, it's given me, I mean, it's the gamut, it's the gamut, because it's, you know, uh, because the journey is all of that, right? So um, there are, you know, the, the, the industry, the entertainment industry is filled with, um, lots of successes and lots of failures and, and rejection, right? So what does it look like when I or somebody is rejected? What does it look like when I have um, succeeded, gotten the part? What does it look like when um, I was kind of like passed over? And it, so it's, it's, it's that. It's, it's, um, it's a bit nonlinear, isn't it? It's just uh, an all-encompassing experience. But for sure, it is one that um, I discovered my, my creativity, my voice, and my curiosity, for sure. Let's talk about that uh, word, rejection, because I know as, as an actor, it's, it's daily, and it's, it's brutal. 
Um, how, how has that played a part in your 15 plus years in that industry? Um, I think there's a, um, and again, this is my experience. Yes. Yeah. So um, there is this, there was this um, sense of, um, you know, um, the, the perception of what, what, I, what I think they want me to be. And um, there, was, there was always kind of that, I was trying to recreate, you know, what I thought they <laughs> wanted me to be. And I think the, the challenge was, um, was just really, you know, um, exploring more and honing in on who I was and, and, and what I was curious to, to be and explore. So um, the rejection, you know, sometimes you take the rejection as like, I, oh, I failed. I'm not good enough. Um, I really don't know how to do this. Uh, there's, there are other people, so many other people out there who are better than me. What am I doing? <laughs> you know, and then when you do get the part, there's that, um, again, for me, there was that, yes, I knew it. I knew it. I know it. This is me. This is who I am. And that tiny bit of imposter syndrome as well. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, God. <laughs> so there's always the functionings of that, um, you know, self-critic and then that, that, um, that kind of guide that's, that, 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 that knows and um, accepts you know, who and what you are in the moment. And then there's that kind of um, inner critic that's like, mm, mm, I don't know. This is the, you, you might get hurt out there. You might get, you know, you might fall on your face and, and really it's going to be in back. So it's, and it's there, um, that inner critic is almost, is there to kind of protect us, but it protects us in a way that makes us sometimes feel less than or um, feel um, not worthy. Yeah. So what did you have to do for yourself to keep all this at bay and progress forward? Um, quite frankly, the, sometimes it was literally about um, just moving forward anyway. So some people say fake it till you make it. <laughs> um, but it was, it was a lot of um, introspective and understanding what am I getting out of this? Why am I doing this? Uh, what inspires me about this? Mm. Where do I feel connected? Where do I feel disconnected and not really excited about? Um, and, and am I willing to kind of take a chance and, and stay true to myself? Or am I going to um, continue to continue to serve that which I think you know, to kind of fill the slot of what the world, you know, wants of me or what I thought the world wanted of me. It's a, it's a funny thing in the, in, in the entertainment business because you're playing characters and, and you're, you're kind of like morphing yourself into different characters. And in the sense, you know, at the same time, it has to come from you. So where does it connect between you and this character? And, and sometimes you don't get the opportunity to... Um, even audition for or, or play the kind of characters that really connect with you and resonate with you. Um, but, you know, when you do get offered an opportunity and you do get a job to play a character, you don't pass that up because it's a job and it's an experience and an, it's an exploration. 
Give us a quick overview to just set that path that we're talking about. What, over that 15 years, what kind of work did you secure? I played a lot of, there was sort of a pattern. I I played um, therapist, recurring role as a therapist, a recurring role as a snarky uh, nurse. I played um, oftentimes the angry and neglected wife. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would play um, um, the, the friend. Um, and yeah, so it was, it, was, it was kind of in that realm. And, and, and it was funny because I was like, hmm, where's art repeating life and life repeating art? <laughs> and it was really, and, and so... In the sense, um, I did get to a point where I felt like uh, the the kind of the kind of characters that I was playing felt a bit less sensual and less you know um, less feminine and less uh, of 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 an area I was more curious about with myself. So that led me actually to kind of explore a bit um, outside the business. So, yeah, I had, uh, I I had shared with you my experience where I, at least in retrospect, um, I'm able to admit and identify, well, wow, I, I pursued this career because I was desperately seeking this external approval, right? If I'm on a stage, oh, just applaud for me, appreciate what I'm doing, (laughs) like me, you know, very stereotypical thing for an actor to feel. Um, And you know that that's very short-sighted and it doesn't work. And then you go home and you're after a day's work, even best case scenario, and now you're just as lonely and you're still with yourself and all that stuff. What can you say for yourself or the, the reasons you pursued this craft? You know, I don't know if I'm going to come up with a um, cathartic answer for you in that I, you know, I started out as a dancer, which really just without thinking I was in that time of, of, of my life. I wasn't, um, I was just kind of um, acting on impulse. And so when I danced, I felt just connected with the embodiment of myself and just kind of this, this would go to this place where, you know, the movement would just take me and the music would just take me and I was good. And I, that was good for me, you know? And then, um, at some point I auditioned, um, at the, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Oh yeah, I know. I know. And yeah, and um, and got in, and did a full year there, um, and that was fantastic and wonderful, and and the sense of community and meeting friends and connecting and making, you know, um, just kind of like uh, exploring myself via this community of other creatives. And that's really what drew me. It was that sense of community. And, and it, I have to say, again, collaboration. Did, did you ever feel I that? that? Yeah, well, exactly. Did you ever, I, I admit, I always, through all this, I wanted extraordinary fame, right? I wanted to be recognized on, on grand levels. Yep, go ahead. Talk to me. 
I don't know that that was my desire. And I think that's what tripped me up. <laughs> I think that's kind of what tripped me up a bit. I'm not sure that I wanted to be recognized you know, and well, be the next Julia Roberts, you know? Um, and that was, you know, she, she was that one of my time. And I was, you know, although I was like, God, Look what it's like. Look what it seems to be like to be Julia Roberts. That just looks so good. But there's yeah. the thing: what it seems to be like. Right. No. Right. 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 Although and, on paper we can say she's fabulous. By the way, she's just amazing. And and yeah. and my God, what a what an eloquent career and woman and just could you know could right. like to Julia Roberts, amazing. Sure. But that was not my that was not my existence and the pressure, you know, there's this outside pressure. Oh, but you could be. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, I could be. And maybe you should be wanting that. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? Yeah, it's like, exactly. oh, okay, so I don't know what to do with that battery. I'm gonna, I can insert it inside of my existence. I'm not quite sure how that looks or how, what it works. You know? And at the time, I really didn't have the kind of mindset or thinking tools to, to explore it in that way, right? It was more like, oh, okay. So that means if I could be like Julia Roberts, then I probably should try to be like Julia Roberts without even checking to see if that's really what I wanted, you know? I kind of liked the, the creative freedom of being a supportive or even, even you know, um, being behind the front man because there's so much to, to kind of support the front man because there's so much freedom there. There's less pressure. Were your friends and family supportive? <laughs> Or, or were they like, come on, what are you doing? You no, no, I didn't get, I didn't get, come on, what are you doing? Yeah. There were, there were other, you know, um, um, challenges, but I, I did not get, come on, what are you doing? This like is what, what other challenges internally or externally? Uh, most, most internally, I think, you know, I left my, I'm one of six kids and I left when I was 18 years old and I was the first one to leave and I'm the, the second to last. I'm number five. So that was already traumatic for my mom. And I left on Mother's Day, which I didn't even realize. Rhode Island. I left Rhode Island to move to New York City. Mm. And, uh, and, and I really didn't have, um, you know, a structured sense of, I'm going to go to New York City. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to... There was no structure. I was just going to New York City because I had this pull to go to New York City. And mm. it was sort of like... God, and now that I'm thinking of it, it seems to be almost a running theme. It wasn't safe to go or secure to go. But I, feel, uh, I, mean, I, I mean, uh, in every way, um, physically. Um, financially. Financially, yes. Emotionally, know, spiritually, name it. All of it, right? Um, but so it wasn't safe or um, secure to go, but it didn't feel safe or secure to stay in Rhode Island either. Mm. So that, that, was, that was kind of the first ex time I experienced this, this, this inner kind of like thing between the practical and the instinct. So my instincts were saying one thing and, and really, really communicating one thing to me. But the practical you know, um, structure of, you know, our, you know, our world was just saying, 
well, my God, no, you're not going to go to New York. You have no plan. You're 18 years old. What are you going to do there? You don't, you don't, you're not even going to college. No, no, no. And my instincts were like, oh, but I think I have to, because for sure I can't stay here. And I'll tell you, that was, that was the, that was the beginning of setting a setting, uh, let's just say, uh, the bar for, for my internal journey. And, I, and you know something? That's been, repeat, that's been repeating itself ever since. If I'm, if I'm hearing this correctly, then the outcome is you made the right choice. It was correct to, even with all that rational thing, to say, no, my instincts, I got it, I have to go, which I've learned these days to rely on as, as, as deliberately as I can, right? Yes, it was my instincts that I um, followed rather than the, the, the practical rules and regulations of what we've learned, you know, or what you learn. Um, so yes, it was following my instincts and, and, and let, I say getting really clear about them and really hearing them. And that is a very uncomfortable thing a lot of the time. I was very uncomfortable. I was very fearful. I was very... Um, it was a very emotional time because my instincts were like, this, you cannot stay here. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about Podmax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next Podmax event. So, so we're talking about the fear thing again, because that comes right up and uh, it's about moving forward still within the face. Oh God, yeah. Fear. Yeah. You have to. yeah. That's, that's how I live today. It's funny. It's, you know, um, you know the story about the sea turtles, yeah? Tell me. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And when I was in Tulum, Mexico, I had the experience of seeing them and being next to them respectfully. You know, the... the um, the mother takes, I mean, great pains to, and, and takes forever to, you know, with three paddles at a time, three paddles at a time, find a quiet place um, and, uh, where, where nobody is there. Of course, we've stolen their, their real estate and built resorts all over the place, but that find a place to take the time to dig at least, you know, 12 inches or so into the ground so that she can peacefully lay her eggs. Okay. And that takes an entire night, you know, in and of itself, cover it back up, go back to the, the water. The next morning, which is amazing, is hundreds of tiny baby sea turtles who are born on the land. Okay. As soon as they come from the nest, travel directly back into the ocean. They are born on land, but their instincts know to take them back to the water. 
with which their, you know, existence comes from. So it's that, it's that sense of really um, sitting with your instincts and following your instincts that, um, that take you home. That's beautiful. I mentioned in the intro that you, you have this really successful career, but then at some point, apparently, and, and you'll spell it out, you, you, you couldn't resonate with the roles and the characters you were hired to play. So was that sort of after one too many times of that? Were you like, I, I don't know the word, was the industry just maybe not boring, but it just wasn't satisfying? And you were like, was it an instinct thing? And you're like, you know, I'm called to something different. What was that break that took you to Italy? And then on this new path, uh, from, just, how did you break from the industry? It just, it, I guess there was a point where it just didn't feel inspiring to me anymore. And yeah. it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't make me feel whole. Um, in fact, it started to, and, and, I, and, and the awareness of not feeling whole started to wear on me. And so I think that's what it was. And I think there was just, um, for me, uh, just a soft breaking point of, there is something else and I don't know what it is. I know mm. something, but I don't know what I know right now. And so it was more about just kind of, again, um, you know, I, I don't know if I can afford to leave this because I've spent time building this and it's how I'm paying my rent, but I don't know if I can afford to stay in this and feel, you know, less than all of myself you know it seems like it should being an actress or being in the entertainment seems fabulous and it seems amazing and it is fabulous for so many people but it's not feeling fabulous to me so we and can so, all relate to that idea like oh god i have to make a decision was this a long drawn out decision or did you spend some time internally did you get some peers opinions on it was it all yourself and was it a quick rip the bandaid off i'm out um, I, I, I mean, I think, I, I think it was a, a, a collaboration of all of that, you know, yeah. I think it was a collaboration of all of that. Talked to some peers. It was, um, lots of introspection. It was, um, you know, try it again. It was, uh, you know, I was reactive. Then I went to creative mode. Then I was reactive. Then I went to create, you know, it was just that, you know? And so to, to the point where at some point, you know, and I love that phrase, um, when the pain of the present becomes greater than the fear of the unknown, then we move and not a second before. Say it again, please. When the pain of the present becomes greater than the fear of the unknown, then we move and not a second before. The, the most fascinating part about that phrase is those last few words. That's the big aha moment. It's like, oh, and by the way, not a second before. So you better accept all of this because nothing's going to change until. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it doesn't think, it, so it would appear that the movement comes after we've really, really sat with our discomfort and sat with our um, whole experience as opposed to shortcut it. And uh, let me see if I can get to that shift and that move um, without having to go through X, Y, and Z. You know, so that's, that's that sense of meeting yourself exactly where you are. 
Hmm. Um, is the fastest way to get where you want to go. We're human beings. We experience a whole gamut of things. You know, um, if we skip the process, we may not get all the way with ourselves. And now you find yourself in Italy, and we know that it was a success. I don't know what word you use, a rebirth, a reawakening, a restructuring, a re-something or other. All of it. All yeah. of it. Wonderful. Good word, all of it. <laughs> what happened in Italy? Um, so again, that was, an, that was a, a trip that I couldn't afford to go on, but I couldn't afford not to go on. Jeez, this is like really coming up a lot. And, you know, I, I was a working actress, but I, I, wasn't, um, I wasn't, you know, making hundreds of thousands of dollars. I was just supporting myself, you know, and I just had this break where I was like, I wanted to go. Oh, I know where it came from. I was taking a class with Jeffrey Tambor. Oh, the love. Yeah, yeah. And that was a great class. And that was a terrifying class for me because it was a class that stretched you as an artist um, beyond yourself as an actor. Um, what else you got? Ah. And he would give this assignment, which is um, to explore another art form or creative uh, journey that has nothing to do with acting and, and come back almost like show and tell and, and, and tell us how, what the experience was. And, and if you've got, if you've got something, you know, physical to show out of that, bring it, you know? And I had never in my life taken an acting class where they, where that was an assignment. And I chose to, <laughs> I chose to, um, I remember I was living in Los Feliz and I chose, I went to the art store, chose to do a self-portrait in pastels. I don't work with pastels. And when I was at the art store, I remember going like, this is the stupidest assignment ever. I hit, like I was so rejecting of it. Um, buying the pad, buying the pastels. I'm like this, I've hit low. I've hit rock bottom. Here I am now, like doing an art project. Like, what am I doing? Where am I? What's happening here? And uh, I went back to my apartment and I sat in my studio apartment's kitchen. I put the long mirror in front of me. I sat on the floor and I began drawing my face with the pastels. And four hours later, Four hours later, that thing was done and it looked good. And I was so filled with this energy and drive that I had not tasted. I had so much of it that I had to quickly leave my apartment with my pen and pad, go down to Hillhurst, sit in a cafe and write the out of everything. I was like, I had to write, 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 write. And I was journaling, journaling, journaling. And the flow that was coming out of me, effortless and abundantly. And when I was down to the last, you know, word of my, you know, and I had that, then I had to like, I have to go for a walk. I got to put this in my body. My body needs a, power, a piece of this. I quickly dropped off my pen and pad at my apartment. And I walked on Los Feliz Boulevard really fast and on, and it was a sunset. And on that sunset, I started being aware of the colors of the sunset and the orange and the red orange and the yellows and that Santa Fe kind of like, oh my God, so cool. What color am I? What color am I? What color would I describe myself as right now? Yeah, that kind of burning orangey red passion, like boom. And I was so alive that I was like, I'm going to Italy. I'm going to go on that 
trip to Italy. I'm going to figure it out. I'm so alive right now. And do you know, two weeks later, I called a friend who knew a friend because everybody knows a friend who knows a friend. And um, they had a villa in Rade in Chianti in Tuscany. And this was in uh, October, middle of October. And I called, I got the number, I called them. Two weeks later, I, I, I stayed in this cottage in the middle of nowhere in Chianti. I got a plane ticket on points because back then points really were points and um, rented a car, never been, don't speak the language. And the directions from the airport to the, the villa was, don't worry about it. You get in the car, you take the Chianti 2 to the, uh, uh, you get the Autostrada 2 to the Chianti 2 to, to, to the center of town. <laughs> so I was like, where is that? <laughs> and that began the journey of utter fear, utter inspired energy, utter like there is nothing else that I should be doing but this. This is exactly what I should be doing. And I found myself in Tuscany um, for three weeks. And every day I got up in excited, inspired fear of, um, I went to the center of town and I would say, how do I get to uh, Dove San Gimignano? Dove um, uh, Luca? Dove? And in my car, and I would write down, I didn't have a GPS, I, didn't, I had a flip phone, and I would write down with my pen the directions and become friends with people. I was invited to, I met so many people it just like opened so many portals in me. And, um, and that's when I met the other side of me. And that's when I went, okay, this is who I am. Wow. You, wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Jeez, so much there. <laughs> but that's the truth. That's actually the truth. Yeah. You put this into perspective for us. You say that the messiness gives us the profound insights Tell us more about that. Yeah. I mean, for, for one example of that, that experience of the messiness is like the messiness of the voices that tell you the, the, the conflict of the voices and the messiness of the, the practical scenarios around us and what the, the shoulds and, and needs and have tos and um, obligations as opposed to, you know, desires. And um, even before that trip, it was completely messy. It was complete. Everything kind of came undone. It was, I was kind of like completely um, uh, questioning my, my identity, what I want, who I am, where I belong. Um, uh, where, you know, how am I going to get to the next point? Uh, I don't have enough money. It was all kind of blowing up. So it just became this kind of like mess um, or you come undone. And, in that, I found myself sitting on the curb on 3rd Street in, in Los Angeles. And it was that kind of like rumbling and sitting in it where you just, where it welcomes the break. It welcomes that break, that breakdown, that kind of like, ugh. and once you realize you're still standing in that breakdown, well, then it kind of opens up this, this you know, creative I mean, portal for lack of a better, better way of saying it. So the whole thing takes a, first it takes a willingness to, like we're saying, just be. Yeah, just acknowledgement, just an acknowledgement. Even, even all the stuff coming in and 
eating, a, yes. eating away at you. It, something really um, resonated with me, and I, and I wonder if it will resonate with you and anyone who's listening to this, which is um, there's nothing to fix. And that was um, genius, genius, genius mentor of mine, Lawrence, Lawrence Frauman said, you know, there's nothing to fix. And I thought, whoa, <laughs> well, if there's nothing to fix, then what am I going to do with my time? Because that's what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to fix my life. You know, as soon as I fix this, then I'll be able to do that. As soon as I fix that, then I'll be able to experience this. But that's, I guess, the sense, and this is the way I'm articulating the, the mess, is that, you know, if what does it look like if we're not fixing our lives, if we're just experiencing our lives? And from the experience of our lives, without judging it, and, and, and what does it look like when we give the words, you know, the, the labels good and bad, and we just experience it? Well, then what does it look like then? It's reframing. What kind of choices do we have now? What kind of impact? You know what I mean? Like if you, you turn yeah. the camera yeah, angle, yeah, yeah. and yeah. what's the impact now? Wow. What's the, what choices are coming up for me? And what am I willing to say yes to from here? And what am I willing to say no to from here? Does that make sense? Yes. There's nothing to fix. That's, uh, that's deep. It's profound. It's legit. It's real. It's insightful. It's powerful. It's really worth every one of us sitting with for five minutes, three minutes. Just sit quietly with that. Say it, right? There's nothing to fix. Completely. And then see what happens. It's, yeah. Yes. There's I mean, a beautiful thing when we acknowledge ourselves. You've, you've also said life is work and work is life. Let's analyze that. Life is work. Work is life. So what does that mean? What do we do with that piece of information? Uh, uh, so for me, because just, just, again, is, uh, rests on the basis of collaboration, um, where what does it look like if I don't find myself by my work um, when, and I don't define myself um, or compartmentalize my work and my life, what if the two are, the two exist together. And so, you know, um, I think that was when we, you and I were speaking about, um, you know, what, what is my title? And I, you know, I, I, I am a leadership coach um, and, and also life coach because our work is also part of our journey in life and um, our life informs our work. So it's all collaborative and helps sustain each other. So if we're all just willing to, like I've experienced, uh, that's such, such a big part of my story is just uh, accept, accept, accept the fear that is there, that will always be there, and find the strength and the ability to work right through it in spite of that existence. And so many yeah. good nuggets here, yeah. And you might find that it's not even doesn't even have to be in spite of. It might just be some of an area where a new area to um, to thrive. So it's like it's again, it's sort of redefining um, what that what that looks like, or just re-exploring what that looks like. You know what just popped into my head? The fact that, like you said, it doesn't even have to be that. So if we're using the word fear and placing the word 
we're acknowledging that word and then we translate that word to what we think fear means and feels like okay they just said fear so oh yeah yeah i can feel that what it means to you yes. but maybe it maybe it's just excitement maybe it's new exploration maybe yes. it's rejuvenation maybe it's a calling why fear right right Right. Oh, there's my friend fear again, not my foe. You know, like it's, it's kind of, again, what's another way or of exploring fear? What's another way of exploring shame, guilt? What's another way of exploring um, uh, confidence? And what's another way of exploring success and, and failure? All that stuff, you know, it's just... Um, maybe the best way I can put it is, um, you know, a filmmaker shoots a scene from different angles because we want to explore, he wants to explore all different perspectives of it and give, or, or at least um, invite a wider um, experience for the audience. And if I'm living my life from this angle only ever, I only see and get the bookcase behind me, that painting of my niece, um, and then this doorway here and that, and those are my choices. And I always live and that's how I survive, right in this box. If I change my, my frame and I start living my life this way, or at least explore it, I'm seeing a whole bunch of other choices behind me. I'm also getting a different impact from that. Stay there for a minute. Keep this frame for a minute. This is, this is so really, really perfect because you're, I mean, it really proves the point. I love it. It, it shows a different frame, which subconsciously suggests a whole new thing. You're, you're physical. me Yes, you're sort of coming here, which consciously and subconsciously, I mean, now we're getting into real filmmaking. Yeah, this is sort of like the, the action it's of it all. Yeah, this, it's life. This is exactly life, you know? Yeah. Um, if I continue to live only here, I will only know here. I will only, this will only be my universe. But in fact, there are so many other parts of my universe. This is, this is really amazing because you know, if we're doing, I love the film analogy. A, I get it, right? I've lived it. And B, I never realized how you just put it together that you have to see life in the same way. If we're doing a scene together and there's a conversation and the director uh, can frame it where you're framed like this or you're framed in the other way where you're, they mean two totally different things two totally different things. and it's what what impression do you want to make and, and it, from, uh, yeah and it comes from the same scene yes. aka comes from the same human experience the same person wow. we are filled with so much more than we maybe allow ourselves and if we turn the angle and just to explore this and we realize, oh, that doesn't work for me. At least we tried and we know, because you can't see me, right? Or, so, or maybe it does, because it now means something even more. But you're only going to get to that awareness if you go through it and explore it. Like, maybe I want that shadow for effect or for experience or for whatever. I get it. There you go. 
Wow. Bravo, a- bravo. And that's the acting class for today. <laughs> <laughs> Take yeah. me back. Thank you for that little mm, 60 mm. second. Yeah. Yeah, we get to reshoot our lives. We get to redesign our lives. We get to rewrite our scripts. Yeah, really we wonderful. We get to discover more, you know, there's more in there. What are- could we what could we leave the the listener with? How could we wrap this up into a nice bow? What have we been saying for the past however minutes we've been talking? What does it all come down to for you? It's so simple. We are all creative and resourceful. We are all creative and resourceful. Um, and what, what uh, my creative and res- my creativity and my resources are mine and I'm abundant with it. Um, you are creative and resourceful. I don't necessarily have to look outside um, to somebody else's, you know, creativity. In other other words, like all of our um, answers or insights are here. We're born with it all, you know, and so... Um, I just want to just say, and, and I will also say I am a fellow journeyman. I am also walking the talk here because I'm a human being. What does it look like to kind of reframe it and turn the camera angle back here and see what we got here before, you know, and then take it out to the world? You know? Yes, I do. Scene. Curtain. <laughs> to be continued. Certainly. This has been this has been brilliant. It's been wonderful. It's been beautiful. I will leave you with the final question I ask of all my guests. Uh-oh. Stephanie Vendito. Yeah. How would you like to be remembered? Mm, I suppose just as a kind today, as a as a uh, compassionate person. Brilliant. Wonderful. I love it. I thank you. This has been uh, a very generous dialogue. Thank you so much for, you. for showing up, for opening up, as I know you always uh, are known to do. <laughs> and, um, where, where can people continue the conversation with you? Uh, um, you can go on my website, which is um, stephanievendito.com. Perfect. And that's where you can get in touch with me. And I really welcome everyone to explore this. Uh, it's a co-creative conversation where we get to collaborate um, and explore all the portals inside of, of you. Absolutely wonderful. Curious. Yes, thank you, Stephanie, for coming on. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in, whether it's to the live broadcast or you're catching the replay on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I do thank, thank you. Uh, continue to leave those wonderful reviews. I'm really grateful and appreciative for your kind words. Tell a friend we're still doing this. We're going to do another episode not too far behind. You know the deal. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until we do it again, go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.